0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Apron Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. By 40 years is to go to the Mikvah in um, It's brought in Shulchan Aruch, it's brought in um, There, There's probably been a resistance uh, to going to the Mikvah. I don't want to deal with this from a sociological perspective. I really want to talk about it from this P'sak halacha, this tshuva, uh, from the great Rebbe from Bornstein, the Avnei Nezer, um, the, uh, the Rebbe of Sokhachov and really one of the most important poiskim uh, of the last 150 years, uh, and a great Rebbe, the son-in-law of of Mendel of kotsk uh, but, but before we get into the tshuva, it, it, it is something that I think uh, has quite a bit of relevance. Uh, the fact that so many people go to the mikvah on on Arif and Kippur. People want to go early. They want to know what time to go. They, they want to go before the Mipah gets dirty. Um, I had my own situation based on this. what we're going to be talking about today, um, which was the the humrah of how you have to get ready for that mikvah. So this is not what the question of the chuvah is about, but it's relevant to it. Um, we know when a woman goes to the mikvah, she needs to get rid of all the chatzitzahs that are possible on her body and that includes anything in her teeth and as you know uh when women go to the mikvah it's it's standard procedure for them to do a
1: good flossing of their teeth before they go in and um well if, if we know from a dental standpoint people who don't floss regularly and only decide to
0: floss once in a while um they're probably going to have quite a bit of uh, the vestiges of the periodontitis and the blood, which will which will happen of them. And it's and it's it's only when you get used to flossing continuously can you keep your your teeth the way they are. But if you've only if, if someone tells you to floss and you haven't been flossing at all, um, something uh, urgent could happen, which is what happened to me um, forty years ago, for almost forty years ago in Ermkepr. The reason was, was because I was learning this, the subject of this tshuva. Not the Avnei Nezer, of Ram Bornstein's take on it, but Rav Pesach Frank, the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim. He was talking about the issue of the, the, the opinion of Rav that we're going to talk about that says that when you go to the Mikva in Yom Kippur, you make a brocha. A man makes a brocha. He makes the brocha asher k'dishonam tzivano ala t'viva that he's going to the mikvah. Now, where does he make the bracha? Does he make it before he steps in the mikvah? Does he make it when he's in the water? That's really a separate question about making a bracha in a state of being undressed. But the point is, you do make a bracha. According to our side, you said you should make a bracha when you go to the mikvah on the you Yom Kippur. Now, this opinion was, 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 was attacked. We're going to talk about the attack in a, in a couple of minutes. But I remember when I was uh, 40 years ago, when I was learning about this subject, that Pasak Frank explained that the according to Rav Sadia, who was who was the king in a sense, he was the one who saved Judaism. Uh, he was the person who was able to save. They came and became the Rishisheva of the Gaonim. They brought him in from Mitzrayim, from Egypt, who we call Egypt today, and um, uh, he had he fought down uh, the detractors and the cynics, and he was able to write. A, uh, an important commentary and translation of al Tanakh in Arabic. And of course, he also, of course, was the famous philosopher of Amunus Videos. Um, he was really a superstar. You know, In many ways, we the Rambam and others have overshadowed him, but people who know about going to realize how important he was. And his psaq was, go to the mikvah, Erevim Kippur, and make a So disagree with Rav Sadiqon was, was he, it wasn't easy. He, he had a tremendous reputation, and his opinion was important. But Sifat Frank said, it's clear that Rabsadius feels that going to the mikveh on Erev Kippur for a man is the same thing, and we'll see why in a couple of minutes, when a woman has to go to the mikveh." So here I was, you know, freshly married. It was uh, 1982, um, almost 40 years ago. And I said, I'm going to be Mokbit. On the Chumrah of going to the mikveh, Just like a woman would go to the Mikvah. I'm going erev kipper Kippur Now to the mikveh. And uh, I'm going. And I'm going to be Machmer. And I'm going to floss my teeth. Which now I do all the time. <laughs> but in those days. It was something very new for me to do. Uh, my teeth were a lot younger. But uh, there were some issues that I obviously had. So I flossed my teeth. Very, very well. Uh, before I went to the mikveh, And I felt very, very... Very positive that I had fulfilled. I didn't make a bracha though, because, you know, but she says, well, you know, it, it isn't the, the bracha is only an indicator how important going to the mikvah is. That the same way a woman can only be taher for her man uh, if she goes to the mikvah and she has to make sure that her body really was was cleansed by the water. A man needs to do that on erev Yom Kippur as well. So I took all those precautions, and I flossed my teeth well as well as I knew how to do. During Yom Kippur, however, as I, and I, this was in Mexico City, um, during Yom Kippur, um, I started feeling like at night, something's wrong here. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of pain where where I had flossed my teeth. Incredible amount of pain, in fact. I couldn't sleep the whole Yom Kippur night. I was rolling, rolling in pain. Um, and the next day, uh, I went to, uh, to the rabbi of the of the minion where I was davening at in Mexico City, and I told him about this intense pain. And he mentioned to me uh, about a dentist who who actually was part of the mispahim, who had an office in his in his house, which was right near the shul. So I ended up going to this this man. Left the shul, he took me up to the office, um, and he sat me in the chair. And um, he took a look. He touched with his with his you're <laughs> he here. He was t- well, everybody's davening. I'm sitting in a dentist chair, and uh, basically, um, he's telling me this pain. This, you 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 basically de- you you hit with the with your floss. You touched this nerve here, and this was this was probably a root canal that was waiting to happen anyway. But you pushed it through your flossing. And that's what's going on here. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I, I had to, what can you do? Well, he says, well, we're not going to do anything on Yom Kippur about this. But uh, the Rav of the Shul uh, said that if I was in such pain, that I would be allowed to get a shot in my mouth of, 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 of some sort of novocaine. So they shot me through of novocaine, and I was able to somehow make it through uh, till after Yom Kippur. And all because I wanted to be Machmir uh, this way. And I ended up spending, instead of having a a wonderful Yom Kippur meal uh, and enjoying myself after Yom Kippur and feeling great, I ended up, of course, going in for my first of many root canal surgeries, uh, emergency done on Yom Kippur. So this topic has a lot of um, significance to me. Let's say you put it that way. The topic of how much you have to be mocked on going to the mikvah and Erev Kippur and what is the, the humra of Rav This is the topic of, that Rav Avram Bornstein also deals with. Now, it's quoted, of course, in the tour. And the tour writes that Rav Sadya says, mm-hmm. Ba'aliloso Yom Kippur so it sounds like as you're leaving the mikvah, in other words, as you're still in the water, make the brocha, because now I guess, you know, you, you shouldn't make the brocha beforehand, just like a lady, you make the brocha while you're in the water. My, the kos of Adoni obi arosh. The tourist father, the rosh, writes, e'en of It doesn't make sense to make a brocha. It's no better than another mitzvah that we have coming up this month, which is taking uh, the arovah. We know that there's a Minag, Nevi'im, to take an Arova on the seventh day of Sukkot. what we call Hoshana Rabbah. In fact, that's a nickname for the Arova. It's sometimes called the Hoshana. That's sometimes the, the nickname for the arava in Chazal's mind. So Hoshana Rabbah is the big day of taking the arava and shaking it and beating it. There's no brocha, the Gemara says. Why not? Well, the Gemara says it's a Minag. Even though it's a minag, the neviim thought was a good thing to do. They said it's just a minag to do. Now in the we're not talking about necessarily in the base of We're talking about taking an Arova everywhere. This that we take an Arova. So the Gemara says, in fact, You pick it up. Some people say you, you hit the Arova on the ground. You pick it up. You hold it, but no bracha. Why? The Gemara says it's only a minag. You don't make a bracha on a minag. So the Rosh says. I understand it's a beautiful minute. Go to the mikvah, but don't make a bracha. It's a minute. Let's go to the mikvah, Erev Yom Kippur. We're about to Yom Kippur. We're going to talk to God. We're going to be able to. It should be tohar. Now, let me explain something here. We're not really tohar completely, right? Because the Rishonim have already established that we're all tumas space. We all in essentially live in a world that we've come into contact with people who are dead, and people uh, who have touched people that are dead have come come into contact with us and we don't have the para aduma to make ourselves tahar, but as we know it, there is perhaps a shame tahara from that other not that that other reality that's sort of like <laughs> the polar well the cousin of death, which is the cousin of death is in a way. Semen and sex, meaning there's pe- either either people have had sex to create life or to keep their life going, and that of course means that with ejaculation comes zera, and zera. If you're if you're a balkary, if you're mozi zera, you become a balcari and it, Or let's say um, it, it wasn't through sex; it was just what we you know uh, what we call a nocturnal emission. Okay, I love that term. A nocturnal emission. <laughs> anyway, one of the great euphemistic, Talmudic euphemisms that you hear all the time. A man had a nocturnal emission, and therefore he becomes a carry. Um Somehow, you, you know, they say, if, if, I guess if you say nocturnal, it sounds like a little more scientific. Anyway, the point is, or as, uh, you know, or as they said, or as kids used to say, you know, you had a wet dream. Uh, The point is, in any of those situations where there was an ejaculation, you're Tomei. What way? You're called a balkari and you go to the Mikvah in order to somehow take off that Tuma, in a sense. We know that even in the time of of Ezra, for many hundreds of years, this was a Takana that you weren't allowed to, and again, there's a question of how it developed, I don't want to get to all the details now, where it started and how it continued, but eventually became a situation where uh, people that had been involved in sexual activity of any sort of ejaculation type of situation, they were not able to learn or daven before they went to the mikvah. And that, of course, was the Mishnah in and other places throughout Shas. And um, it made sense to perhaps establish some sort of minag for Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, at least, you go back in a way, and and and, and you you want to be on a higher level, and therefore you go to the mikveh. The Alter Rebbe in his in his Shulchan Aruch says that obviously when you go into that mikveh of part of what you should think about is that you're meeting God, and part of it is the fact you know that you know, you want to re become a new person. But part of it is what you should go, and that's why you go three times: is you dunk yourself the third time and say in this way. If I was I I'm I'm free of carry at least. In a certain sense, for Tu mascari, and therefore, I want to be able to, to now go and dab it. Okay, all right, that's the reason why people were doing it. It's a minog, it's a nice minog, but you don't make a broch on a minog. So, uh, the the sochachar, the amnesia says, but that's not the only person who says it. It's not just for you go, uh oh, let me do that, let me take that back. Ach. The, he says, Tanya So I found other Rishonim who say, the Sochot Chabra says, that you should also make a brocha. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is, is that, first of all, all right, it's not just for Sad who has this strange opinion, the the, the Shavar says. I found it in other Rishonim as well. Later, even, than the Rosh, so they seem to think making a brocha is a positive thing. And you should make a brocha. So how do we answer the rosh? The rosh has, seems to have a good question. you make a brocha on a minak. There's another place where we make a brocha on a minak. And that is Hallel on Rosh Chodesh. Now, if you daven in a Sephardi shul, a shul of and they will not make a brocha uh, for Rosh Chodesh because... You don't really say. You know, it's only a minag to say halil. Uh, the Gemara says that it was a minag that started in Babylonian Bovil. There was a significance of what Rosh is about to say halil. I mean, think about it. What? what why would you say halil on Rosh Right? Yes. What happens on Rosh that, that that oh, we got to be Mahalo hashem. All right. Look, the moon. Like the moon always comes in the right place, right? This we don't make a we don't we don't say halil on 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 phenomenon that are just naturally right. But anyway, the minhag did develop, whatever the idea behind it was. But it was only a minhag to say halal on Rosh Still, we know the Ashkenazi make a brocha on halal. Why? So Tosfus in Sukkah uh, deals with this question. Why? It's become our custom and our p'sak to make a brocha on Rosh Chodesh, even though, based on the Gemara in Sukkah about the Arova, there is no so Tosu says shiny Arova the nitiwa ba'alma an Arova taking an Arova without the idea of what the rabbis came up with outside of the Beis HaMikdosh, there was no idea of putting the Arova anywhere, there's no Mizbeach, without this Minag developing, the act of picking up uh, uh, of an Arova picking up what we call the hadasim, it's just an act of picking something up if it wouldn't be what the, the, the Minag invested in it, the act in itself had no significance. Outside of the Beis Amitash, the act of picking up an Arab or taking it and using it in part of your Davening, it means zero. Okay, so they invented this Minag. Well, you don't make a brook on that. So You want to follow the Minag? Fine. Don't say, God, you commanded us to follow it. <laughs> God God's probably happy that you have nice customs, but you don't invoke God's name and say, This is what made us special and I'm, we're making a broch on it. Mashaencane Halel. Right. Halel perhaps logically doesn't necessarily jive with Rishkodish. But somehow the minigan bubble was we want to celebrate the moon. You want to celebrate not the moon, but we want to celebrate the fact that that, 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 that there's that the, the calendar keeps on going. The fact is the Jewish people testify to that. There's something sublime. Okay, that's that's the idea behind it. That's not enough to make a brocha. The says, "Why you can make a bracha is, is because they they elevated something that in itself was a, 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 not just a nice thing, but a mitzvah in itself. What mitzvah was that? Well, you're learning, you're korei Torah. Waving a, 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 a waving a, a willow is nothing, but saying the words the Dabat Amelach uh, made uh, put into Tehillim is a mitzvah v'Limadat Torah. It's reading the Torah." You're reading things that are not just divinely inspired. You're reading part of the Torah. the It's all part of God's Torah. So even though it's true, you made Birchasa Torah in the morning, but at least this act is objectively a mitzvah without the rabbis, without the, the, the custom people coming and saying, oh, please, it's a nice custom to do. So the act itself, again, is significant and is a mitzvah act. The minag is not what made it a mitzvah act. Okay, that is what Tosav explains why Ashkenazim, who we follow, people who are Ashkenazim follow this, make a bracha on Halim. And the reason is, even though you don't make a bracha on a minag, this is, this is a minag that strengthens a mitzvah. Now, it's the mitzvah of studying the words of Tehugan, the mitzvah of studying Tanakh, by the way, and I mention this all the time. It's one of my favorite things to say when we talk about Tilim. When we say Tilim when somebody's ill or whatever it is, Rosh says it's the study of the Tilim that's important. To just say words of Tilim that you don't know what they mean, that's not what could really save the person that you're saying Tehillim for. Uh, the whole Tilim is meant to be studied. It's meant to be learned with your heart, of course. It's not the same thing as dissecting a chuva and ribbis or, ch- or, or a difficult question uh, about chatnas or something like that. But it's about learning. And since it's about learning, you should always seek to him whenever you say it as an adventure in learning the idea that you're, you're talking about, uh, that the words are talking about, and knowing what the Pusik means and, and analyzing it. So therefore, Halel is definitely like you're studying torah in a way or or speaking torah and understanding torah of what you're saying so therefore you can make a bracha so the aminezer now says well that's what that could be what rafsadya gom believes is true by Tvi keri now why why what was this minag that ezra came up with to make sure that even though you're still tommy tumas mace and from some other reason it's not going to make you tohar but because generally, let's say if if, if you touch, if a, let's say another type of tumor, tumah sheretz. So tuma, a a dead, a dead sheretz. You come together with dead sheretz. You're now Tameh, So you go to the mikveh that night, and as you go to the mikveh during the afternoon, and by night you become tahor. The very first mishnah brachos talks about how you become tahor at night after going to the mikveh in the late afternoon. Going to the mikveh during the day after you had, after you ejaculated, is not going to is not going to make you tahor anyway. You're not, even if there would be no Tumas Mase around, you would still have to wait till the evening. This was a, 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 a way to get it into your brain that you're about to study Torah or daven or pray to God. And going to the mikvah is going to make your learning and davening better. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that we know that whenever you study Torah, it has to be similar to the way we stood at Mount Sinai, the way we stood at Sinai, And we know we stood at Sinai. of course, we had separated from our wives, and it was scary, too. Not only did, did, did we go to the mikvah, so to speak, or it's, 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 uh, you know, we weren't involved in, 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 in any sort of sexual activity, we also were scared. Because we, how, how, we talked about it, of course, in yesterday's davening. Uh, if you were reading the, the, the brachos of, Shof, of Shofrot, we talked about Maimed Arsini, and that's what it was about. Maimed Arsini was scary. Maimed Arsini was something that, that, that puts you in a great sense of seriousness. And that's the way every time you open up learning and start learning, it, you should have, as much as it's fun to learn, you should have the sense that you are, in a way, receiving Torah from God. It's almost like Arsini again. So just like there was Biera we're scared we're, we're shaking and quaking, a person who's had a nocturnal emission, a wet dream, who's had sex, there was a, there was an involvement in fantasy in his brain that he needs to somehow recalibrate from because that's what it comes from, you know a person. If a person is thinking about uh, leopards and thinking about um, you know dying constantly, you know he's probably not going to be having any wet dreams or having ejaculations or having sex. It's because he had to get into a mindset of fantasy and fun, and that, in a way, Ezra saw, and, and, and objectively so, is really a contradiction to serious learning. It's called Kalis Roche. So basically, going to the mikveh itself was not some, true. Ezra m- demanded and made it usher He and his best and made it to toward Torah unless you went to the mikveh. You couldn't daven unless you went to the mikveh. But the idea in itself was something, just like Halel in itself is the Pesukim of Tanakh, the idea of going to a, a mikveh, which we know represents Tahara, that change of your mind, will make your learning better. That process, even though it doesn't necessarily make you tar at this moment, but we know the, what objectively what a mikvah's power is. We know what it's supposed to be doing. We know what that means in your brain when you go in there and you take your clothes off and you go in there. We know that it, what sort of mindset it puts you in. And therefore, it, when, you go, when, when you learn after that, you will learn in a different way. So the 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 the, the says that off below says even without Ezra's Takana, it would it, it it will change you. Even if Ezra is bezin had not turned it into something ironclad, if someone on his own had decided to do that, it it's it, it's objectively a way to to disconnect yourself from uh, the the fantasy of. Uh, sex games that you were involved in, or whatever it was, and now you're in a different state of mind. And that is definitely an, a, an advantage in your learning because you're going to... You're going to learn now with the fear of God. And as the Pusik says, <laughs> Yes, it's fun to learn, but I'm still shaking because I'm this is extremely serious. This is the word of God I'm trying to connect to. And that's something that you need to be able to have that the mikvah experience that's what Ezra understood and everybody understood even before that was objectively a way to shake the the, the sort of the worst of the cobwebs out of your head you know? but the fantasies out of your head and that now you're ready so it says especially when it's talking about medabra with ne'am right you're about to speak in front of god when you dive it's the most important thing in the world your children you, you, your parnosa you're coming to speak in front of god because you realize god is in control and he can take care of things for you and he can arrange things and you know what, what, what and he knows who you are so of course you have to have that seriousness when you speak in front of god now even though it's objectively it was positive before ezra's time mikomakom hoi muter lilmo below tvilagamte <laughs> Before Ezra came along, it was understood that this is probably a good thing. It made sense, but if you didn't want to do it, of course you could go and learn and daven even without it. Your learning would probably be a little bit on the, uh, you know, not on the serious side the way it should be. So your learning and davening would be a better learning and davening. But Ezra Tiken she also was pal below So Ezra made it also. But Ezra's what Ezra did was. Put the power of the Sanhedrin behind something that was already an act that was mitzvah-like. That's what the the Sochachover is saying. Now, we know that over a couple hundred years, people uh, tried to accrue to it, they tried to fulfill it and live it. But eventually, after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, you know, about four hundred years later, this uh, about after it was probably it lasted probably around 600 years so everybody went to the mikvah before they dab and then learned the, the the rabbinical opinion was that we have to cancel this they they canceled going to the mikvah why so one reason was one reason was people said boy then we should have kids oh boy, if 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 I if we have sexual relations, I'm going to have to run to the mikvah before I can learn and daven, eh, I've got the headache. So, the point was, people saw that there was an effect of this takana. People were not having children the way they should. Another reason was, Talmud that was on the opposite side. He <laughs> had people who said, you know what, look, uh, I guess I can't learn. So, they would have sexual relations, but they would basically... Not learn because I'm not going to go out to the mikvah. That's that's like a mile, and I got to go wait, and I had to wait for my towel and this. I'm not doing that. So there was a lack of. Uh, there was bittul pirivia. The
1: people were not learning. So because of that, the rabbanan said, "All right, we're canceling it now." And that's the way it's been. So we can now, <laughs> Ezra takana is gone. And we can learn and daven without going to the mikvah.
0: But on Yom Kippur, it came back. Somehow, on Yom Kippur, the minag was, you know, that was a good idea. That it was, it was even before Ezra was good, it was a minag. So you know what the minag is? The minag, If you want to follow the minag, go to the mikvah of Yom Kippur. So again, see the similarity to Halel? The same way, Halel was always a positive thing anyway. It was already like a mitzvah the Minag developed in Bovell and then it spread to say Hallel and everybody should be doing it if you're part of the Babylonian and then the Ashkenazi community, you should be part of it. So everybody started saying Hallel. Ashkenazim even stronger. Everybody says Hallel on Rosh questions you make a bracha. So you can make a bracha on the Minag because the Minag is backing up something which was inherently a mitzvah itself. So that's what happened on Erev Kippur. The minag came back to do it on Erev Yom Kippur, and it was a minag on, a, on basically a mitzvah, the minag of the mitzvah of being in a state of a mental clarity and readiness for God. So therefore, the same way we make a bracha on Hallel, that's for Gon's reason, he says, for making a bracha on going to the mikvah. Okay, so now this is what happens when you come up with a good idea when you come up with a good idea is what about the, the people who disagree well the Rosh disagrees the Rosh as we know is the tourist says no it's, it's, it's different so what's the difference between Halel and going to the mikvah? so he says so the, the Sochachever explains why he says that kol mitzvah gemar mitzvah so eina now Let's say that you're involved in a mitzvah act, but it's not really finished. For example, we know one of the most beautiful things in the world, one of the most beautiful things in the world is to be able to um, put your own tzitzes on. Um, <laughs> one of the most beautiful thing in the world is to be able to, uh, uh, is, is, is to put tzitzes on your bagot. It's a beautiful thing. Sits on your beged, but you don't make a brach on that. Even though it says g'dilim tasavachah, you should put you should put these strings onto your, onto your clothing, you don't make a brach on that. Why? So the rush explain the, 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 the Baliatesis explain, explain, uh, and everybody says uh, the reason why. Because the mitzvah is to wear the beged. So as you're sitting there, you know, attaching it, you don't make a bracha, because even though you need to do that act of, you, would, you might think, uh, well, I got to put tits on there. The mitzvah comes later. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is later. So you don't make a bracha on the making or the attaching of the tits. It's only when you actually enclose yourself, you actually put the tits on your body that you make the bracha. Now, no one's denying that, that it's a beautiful thing to attach the tzitzis, but that's not the end of the mitzvah. So you don't make a bracha on something that's a, that's only a part thing. You only make a bracha is meant to be followed by a completed act. So going to the mikvah, which is what Rav and says you should make the bracha, that's only a hachana. It only prepares you for the learning Torah that you'll beep it to higher or
1: later. So doing this will make your learning much better. But you don't but, but you won't have to make a
0: brook on that. Okay. So that is his reason to explain the rush. So now he's got again w- once you start you see this is this is really the the spiral um, thinking that flows inevitably and when, when and it's, it's part of the Talmudic thinking, but, but here the, the Sacha Chavar is inhabiting uh, and using his ideas and now inhabiting both sides, right? What's the reason why you would make a bracha? Okay, that's it. Okay, so now what are we, we going to say for the person that you don't know make a bracha? Okay, you know why? Because not it's not a gemar mitzvah. Oh, well now, one second. You, you, you always make a bracha, even if it's not a, uh, it has to be a complete mitzvah in itself. What about the reason why you make a bracha when you wash your hands in the morning? Well, right, it's all in the Siddur. I mean, but what mitzvah did you do? The mitzvah to wash your hands was a mitzvah before the Rabbanin made, before you eat. That's the takana of netilas yadayim. But the idea that you wash your hands when you wake up in the morning and make anetilas yadayim, why would you make that bracha? And yet everybody makes that bracha. So this was something that was dealt with one of, by the other one of the other great rishon of the Rashba. The Rashba explains why.
1: And the Rashba says, what's the reason? The Rashba came up with this
0: idea that the idea of why we wash is because a man, a woman. We have service of God that needs to be done. We're not Kohanim, but we serve God in so many ways. We've, we've gotten, in a way, our soul back. And therefore, the same way a Kohen, starting the day in the Beis Hamikdash, washes from the special basin, the Kior, and now he's ready to do Avoda. And it's, it's, it's wrong for him to do It's a puzzle for him to do it. It's a puzzle before he washes his hands. We all have Avoda that we do all day. And it's coming out of sleep, and therefore we need to wash our hands like a Kohen. Now, if the Rashbah says that's the reason why you make a bracha, and, and everywhere around the world, everybody makes a bracha for the Now, one second, the Vavin Nazar said, based on why we don't make a bracha on Sitsis, you don't make a bracha on, 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 on a heksher, you make a bracha on something that's finished. Well, washing your hands in the morning makes your avoda better during the day, right? Similar to what the reason why Rasagya said, we were talking about why you go to the mikvah on Arab Yom Kippur, because it's going, right? Because it's going to make your, your, your learning and davening better on Yom Kippur. But it's the learning and davening, that's the mitzvah, not, not the process. So why is it that we
1: make al-nitilas yadayim? Hmm. Why is it you make on the tilus yodayim in the morning then? Hallel, you make the bracha because it's a mitzvah. And you complete
0: the mitzvah when you say the psukim of hallel. When you say those psukim, I have now fulfilled the mitzvah of learning this part of the Torah. So I made a bracha. I made a bracha because there was a minute to say it and that the action I was doing was in itself a complete mitzvah.
1: What is the complete mitzvah of going to the mikvits about what I'm going to do later. Hmm. Well,
0: what about when you wash in the morning? So on that he says, comes out and says another caveat of a difference. And this is it. The reason why you wash,
1: you make a bracha when you wash in the morning is because you, in order to do avodah, in order to actually do mitzvos. Right, like a kohen, let's say the kohen. The kohen cannot
0: do his avodah in the Beis HaMikdash, whether it's slaughtering or whether it's uh, sprinkling blood or whatever he's doing. He cannot do that unless he washes his hands. The mitzvah is the sprinkling of the blood, the slaughtering, the taking the pieces to the Mizbeyeh. But since washing is essential, and he can't take those pieces back before until he washes. So the mitzvah that he does later intellectually and really begins when he does the actions that are necessary to perform them. So even though it's only, as we say in, in, in Lashon HaKodesh, a hechsher, a hachanah for the mitzvah, but if it's a hechsher that's impossible that you need to do this and that there's no way to actually go in and serve in the base unless you wash your hands before. And we see ourselves as miniature Kohanim every single day. So we would not be able to do anything the same way the Kohanim can't do anything unless they wash their hands. The mitzvahs of all, all the mitzvahs that we are doing during the day in a way start when we wash our hands. So that is like an act of a, that's like, that's like a mitzvah in itself. The mitzvah already started. When it comes to tzitzis, it's, it's when you wear it, but, but, but you could probably have someone else. You don't have to put the the, the strings on there. Someone else could do that as well. So it's not essential. Here's another idea. When you have an act that's inherently is the, the pre- preparatory act is essential for this to go on so even the preparatory act gets the identity of the mitzvah that's being done later and he proves it from a number of gemaras uh, that by the cutting of the omer uh, we know that you're allowed to cut the, the, the barley of the omer you're allowed to cut the barley of the omer on Shabbos, even on Shabbos itself, uh, if the second day of Pesach would be Shabbos and you needed to have the fresh barley in order to offer up on the second day of Pesach, the cutting of the barley itself is a mitzvah. Even if you have barley that's already been cut, the katsir itself is a mitzvah, the Gemara says, which is not the case uh, when it comes to, uh, because you, other things that, if, that you have to get ready for a carbon, The Ktsiras HaOmer is a mitzvah, and even though the mitzvah is really only when you bring the Omer, but it starts essentially when you're cutting this, because it needs to be freshly cut. You cannot bring it unless you have this freshly cut Omer, and therefore it starts from this moment. So he says here too, the the, um, the avoda. In a way, of every Jew when he washes his hands in the morning, starts from the moment he um, he washes his hands in the morning because it's impossible to, to do a Voda without it. So, this is a complete act in itself. And that's why you can make a Brocha on the Tea with shidayim. But let's go back to the Balkari, the person, our, our Yom Kippur person, who is going to the Mikvah. Why is he going to the Mikvah?
1: With Talmud Torah Vetfila. Okay, it definitely is possible if he had not
0: been engaged in sexual activity that he wouldn't need it. The mitzvah is the experience of Torah later. Well, you could, you only need the mikvah to countermand the fantasy ejaculation part that you were into. But if you never had that part, you don't need the mikvah. So it's not like, oh, I can't have Torah but Tahara unless I go to the mikvah. That's not true. So therefore, even though for you, this guy needs it, but it's not that going to the mikvah is the only way you could ever uh, fulfill the state of Torah uh, with Tahara. He says it's similar to, for example, uh, plowing a field for the sake of the Omer. (laughs) That's not a mitzvah. You don't have to plow the field in advance. Like if you know it's going to grow by the time Pesach comes, say, oh, I'm going to plow this field on Shabbos because I, I need to plow it. You don't have, there's no mitzvah in the plowing. It, 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 Katsira needs to be done. But going to the mikvah is only for someone who has that problem. But if you never had that problem or fun or whatever you want to call it, you don't need the mikvah to achieve that state. So therefore, once again, it's not essential in the mitzvah, it's not that the mitzvah of learning Torah on the level of our of seriousness needs mikvah. So if that's true, once again the question would be, and that would be now the reason why you don't make a brocha on going to the mikvah erev Yom Kippur because it's only a minag, and we don't make a brocha on a minag unless it's essentially a mitzvah in itself independently. And that's the reason why the Rosh disagrees with their side You go, but now he's explained it so well. Ravsad Yagon sort of needs to be understood. In fact,
1: Ezra needs to be understood, right? (laughs) Because, you know, as well. So he says that, so he says, wait, because the truth is, is that I could probably come up with a reason why you would make a bracha. We know that Why would anybody say you make a bracha on going to the mikvah on Erevim Kippur? Well, we know,
0: and this is where he's thinking here in a little bit of a different way. We know that you make a bracha on slaughtering an animal. Now, slaughtering an animal is technically is not a fulfillment of a mitzvah. If you don't want to eat meat, you don't have to ever slaughter in your life. And yet we make a bracha, every ritual slaughter, every shochet, makes a brocha. And the reason is, is because we make a brocha on a matir. In other words, if the Torah says it's usher to eat meat before shkita, and the only way you can eat meat is by slaughtering it ritually in the proper way. Let me say it even better. And if you would not slaughter it in a ritual way and start eating the
1: meat, you'd be considered, you would be done an aveira. You would been, you'd be eating treif, you'd be eating an aveila. So this is matir. This is what allows you to eat meat. We make brachas on on a matir. Because this is the way this aveira goes off.
0: The aveira of eating treif, eating a dead animal,
1: is removed by this process. So, What was the original takonas of Ezra? The takona of Ezra was, we
0: are making it usher to learn Torah and David. That's the first thing they said, because Torah needs to be super serious. It's more than just a good idea. We're going to make it usher, And this is the way you allow yourself, your matirit by going to the mitra. So, you can make a the same way you make a brocha on shkita, in the time of Ezra before of go They and for 600 years everybody made a brocha before they went to the mikveh. If they were making brochas at that time, they were making brochas even going to the mikveh because even though it's the learning later that's the real fulfillment of the mitzvah, Ezra actually made it an iser and the iser the the kiyam of the matir, the taking away the Yisr, is the reason why we make a bracha.
1: But that Yisr has is gone away. Ezra's takana is gone. There is no longer an Yisr to learn Torah.
0: So that's why the Rosh says, I don't understand Rav sa'di who says you should make a bracha. I would have made a bracha too in the time of Ezra before. I'm making brachas on as we saw before. Um, um, you know, I will make a brocha on a teivosedayim
1: in the morning, but I'm not. Uh, but going to the mitzvah on erev Yom Kippur, even though it's a nice minag, you wouldn't make a brocha on it because it's not the end. It's not the the minag has to attach itself to
0: something like Halel. There, the Rush would say you make a brocha like all Ashkenazi poskim would say, because there's a that's in itself the complete mitzvah. But here. It's just to learn Torah That's not the learning Torah comes later. So, what is the reason, Rav Sadia Now, why did Rav Sadia
1: say you should make a bracha? So he says, Rav Sadia must hold that the minag was not just; it's a good idea. The minag that was instituted.
0: Created an Easter. They created
1: a lotus. They created a minag. The minag created
0: a lotus. So now he doesn't go as far as what Frank, Frank, who I mentioned at the beginning of this year. Tzvi Pesach Frank says that when they canceled Ezra, they canceled him from 364 days or 353 days, except Yom Kippur. I did not see the Sochachor of the Reverend Bornstein, the Aminazer, saying that. Maybe he means it. I don't see it in the words. Ratsvip, and this is what influenced me 40 years ago was what Ratzi Pesach wrote, was that the Takano of Ezra was canceled except for Erev Yom Kippur. That's why I felt, oh, it's the Takana of Ezra. I got to be makbid on everything because it's Ezra's Takana and Ezra's Takana is, is, is viable on Arabian Kippur alone. Every other day, it's been canceled, but Takana is back with all the Isurim that the Rabban and Grave, just like Muktza and the second day of Tov and everything else that you wouldn't think of violating. You have to go to that sort of Tzwi Pesach Franks. You have to go to the Mikvah on Arabian Kippur because, because otherwise you can't learn Torah. Otherwise you can't daven because you're a Balkari and you won't be able to dive in on Yom Kippur or learn, and it's also for you to do it unless you do it. He doesn't, he doesn't go that far to say it goes back to Ezra, but he does say that it's, it, it has the same dynamic as Ezra.
1: A minag that made learning asr. Um. And he says, he has a proof to this from another minag of going to the mikvah, um,
0: we know that, according to the Torah, a a woman is allowed to have relations with her husband after pregnancy, even though blood is is is, is coming out of her body, and it's called dam tohar. So, as you know, it's 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 seven days for uh, after seven days for a a boy. 14 days for a girl the meaning of Parsha says So let's say for a, a boy. 33 days afterwards, after the first seven, she goes to the mikvah uh, after the seventh day. They have the bris on the eighth day. And even though there might be bleeding going on, that is called dam tohar. And she's not Tomei. And she could continue to have relations with her husband. She might not feel like it, but she can't. There became a minag, however, to be machmir, as far as that goes. All right. There's a minag. It's mentioned even in Chazal. It was a minag that women treated like nida. Okay? They treated like nida. What about, however, when they, after they finished bleeding during that post pregnancy period, would they make a bracha when they went to the mikveh?
1: It's only a minag. Without the minag, they could have had relations with their husbands earlier, right? In fact, there
0: were women who actually went to the mikvah twice. They went to the mikvah after the after they the first seven or fourteen days, and then they go mikveh again later. But why would they make a why would they make a bracha when they went to the mikveh the second time? It's only a minag to treat it like dam nida. Why would they make a bracha? You don't make a bracha on a minag. So the sofa Sofer says because they did the minag. Made it osir to have relations when the minag is an iser, not just a, 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 a hanhaga to do. The minag actually was very encompassing. It said, "Don't you have relations with your husband while you're still bleeding from the pregnancy?" Even though, according to the Torah, that blood is not considered need of blood. But once they made that iser, so now. It's cons- I'm following the tradition. That's the tradition. to call this usher It's usher for us to do this. What's the mitzvah? Alti toshtar So the Rashad Yigon understood that the 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 minag that arose on Yom Kippur was that it would be usher to daven and learn, unless as as, as 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 before you went to the mikvah. Since you had had uh, Tumas Keri, you had had Keri from before. Now that is the opinion of. Now he's explained how you could have this machlokas.
1: What did what did he do? I don't believe he felt you should make a brocha. However, he the the the
0: in the halacha that comes up, of course, in in, in the Gemara Numa, Yuma. The Gemara says that if a person sees carry one of the last pieces of Gemara in the Gemara Yuma talks about a person having a nocturnal emission on Yom Kippur so what should, what should happen on that what should you do so
1: in Shulchan Aruch, quoted by the tour it says that um,
0: that we both quoted by the tour and based on the Rambam that since Tvivas Ezra has become batal you don't go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur. Because it's also to wash yourself on Yom Kippur. Now, obviously you can wipe away that area, but you don't put your whole body into the, into the water because Ezra's taqana was batal Now, the Torah and the Ramban both say that it's a time, based on the Gemara, that in the time of Ezra's taqana was still extant, people who had had a nocturnal emission on Yom Kippur would actually go to the mikvah. Because it was also for them to go learn or daven or be part of the Yom Kippur service unless they went. And that wasn't a violation of the law that you're not supposed to wash yourself on Yom Kippur because washing was meant just because you want to like enjoy the washing. This is in order for you to be able to learn in daven. Now you, you still might enjoy the water in the mikvah anyway, but that's really secondary. You're not allowed to wash yourself in a way that gives you pleasure. But here, the reason why you would go to the mikvah is because otherwise you couldn't learn or daven. So that's what people did. If people did have a nocturnal mission in Kippur, they went. Okay, what about today? What would we do today? Now, if what we're saying is right about Rav Saad Yagon, then if it was true Arab Yom Kippur, it's for sure true Yom Kippur, right? If Ezra, let's say, let's say what I said before in the name of Si Pesach Frank, that the Takana of Ezra is still extant on Arab Yom Kippur. Well, it's for sure extant on Yom Kippur, if, if the point was, we want you to be able, we, we are making it awesome for you to learn in Davin unless you go to the mikvah. So for sure, if it happens on Yom Kippur, right, because the whole point was, yeah, so you would be able, based on that, to go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur, if this if this if this occurs. We know that the Rabbi Avram Bornstein, the sacher Chavar, Wrote on the side of his
1: Shulchan Aruch, they found it after he passed away. He wrote the following. He said that even though the Shulchan Aruch says you shouldn't go, you should just wipe it off. He said he wrote
0: in the safe in the in the book that Rabbeinu Tam wrote called Sefer Ayoshar. He actually says that you are allowed to go. And he said, I found it in another Rishon, the Rokayach. And then he, then he writes in parentheses there, there is even a Chuvis Mario, the great Ashkenazi posek, uh, who writes that it really depends on who you are. If you generally feel like you don't daven, you can't daven right unless you go to the mikvah. you would have a right to go on Yom Kippur. And then he quotes the Me'iri. Now, you have to realize that this type of encyclopedic knowledge of Rishonim, we expect it from the Chabetz Chaim, from the Lithuanian world, the, the Abner Nezer was similar in that. He loved finding these Rishonim, and he worked on them, he developed it, and then he quoted the Me'iri as well which normally was not, normally the Me'iri did not make it into a halacha in, in the same way. But he does quote the Me'iri and this is the Me'iri that he quotes. He just says the Me'iri also writes that. Um, the Me'iri says if a
1: person happens to have a nocturnal emission on New Kippur and he wants to go to the mikveh, he wants to become tahar. So, butter. So, although the Miri was
0: not known as a, as a world postsec in the same way, the Amnonazer quotes him along with the other, his other research to justify going to the mikveh on Yom Kippur itself. And it might be, of course, that uh, uh, again, I'm sure everybody goes there of Yom Kippur. Did he make a broch or not? My sense is is that um, my sense is is that he didn't. He just because he explains, he tries to explain to why you would make a bracha, but that doesn't mean he he disagrees with how significant it is, how important it is, and that the the minag uh, is extremely strong, and because of that, I guess whether, you know, through COVID restrictions or not, a person might be scared. Last year, people were scared about going. I think the idea behind it is the essential one. And that idea is that we need to go through some sort of process and we have to try to get our brain where it needs to be Uh, because the davening and learning, it is something that's essentially different. We we as human beings are, are affected by this. We are affected by this change I'll put it in a very grub way. you know they say you have to go out to a gym to really work out properly. You could have exercise equipment at home, and I know during COVID you know people bought them like crazy. but there's something about going to this place, this place that has a name, the workout room, the, the health club, the gym, of going there and involving yourself in this new thing, yes, that's what I'm about leaving your house or even if it's in your backyard and going and putting yourself into this place that you know is meant for Tahara is definitely a way to, to, for you to to come to terms that there's something serious happening. When you're on the treadmill, you realize, yeah, I gotta get that weight out. You're on the recumbent bike. I got to another mile. Because you know how essential your health is. I think in the same way, a person has to realize that, that, speaking to God, praying to God on uh, Yom Kippur is something that's so different. And, and there's no question to me that, that, that this subject matter is something that is definitely comes out of a Hasidic mindset of how important it is to speak and talk to God and what that means. But I think for all of us, uh, Hasidic or not, the ideas of, of doing something physically different and special um, should make us, despite the lines, and despite of the water's clean or not, it should make us want to embrace this as as, as, a, as a time-tested means of achieving some sort of clarity of thought. Of as the as the Avni Nasir says, yes, it's a happy time, but Gilu Berodah, and, and the reason why you have that ra'oda is not just because you heard the Kol sound. It's also because of what you did beforehand on Arabian Kipper. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.